0: the Anagram Journey podcast and a very special episode of Others on the Journey, and I'm going to call this one the Curriculum Edition. Recently, I wrapped up facilitating an Anagram Journey curriculum group that met each Monday online via Zoom. Shout out to that group. We had individuals from across the states and five different countries. So while it was an afternoon here where I was in Dallas and a little bit earlier on the what's that West Coast and a little later on the East Coast, And then we had some people who it was dark outside and it was the last thing they were doing before going to bed. So it was very cool to be a part of. Uh, We would watch the curriculum videos on our own time during the week and then meet to work through the 12 week workbook. Week 12 of the curriculum asks that the participants write down on a card. I used to think blank and now I think blank and fill those out. I asked the group if I could record their answers for this episode of the podcast and it was a great call. Uh, I hope you enjoy learning about a four, talking about becoming a phoenix, nines without bucket lists, ones in their inner critics, and so much more. Uh, Thank you again to my group who said yes to this, and to all the groups across the globe who are participating in Enneagram Journey curriculum groups. I tell you, if you're in Singapore or Australia, there are groups near YouTube. If you're looking to start a new group as we enter summertime, during May and June, LTM is having a promotion on the Curriculum Guides. Use the code PHOENIX, P-H-O-E-N-I-X, for 25% off of Curriculum Guides during all of May and June. You can find out more information, see some sample pages, watch a sample of the videos, all at lifeinthetrinityministry.com backslash curriculum, or there's a link for it in the main menu on the LTM website. Also, reminder of the T's that I laid out last week, and that is, block off the first weekend of August on your calendar. August 5th, 6th, and 7th, there's going to be an advanced antigram workshop here in Dallas, and I can now tell you, it is going to be at the First United Methodist Church in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be Suzanne, the Reverend, and an incredible third teacher, who you all know. So be sure to follow LTM on social media, and... As more and more information is released, and then, bam! Once registration and sign-up goes up, which hopefully will be next week. So, okay, let's go ahead and let's start with fours in our group.
1: My name is Cheryl Lee, and I am a four with a three wing. And I used to think that I was more aggressive and outgoing than I really am. Now. Um, I think a number of things, but I was. I think that my upbringing within a family of so many dominant people forced me to be more aggressive and outgoing than I truly am. I'm in the withholding stance, which was definitely news to me. Knowing who I am has allowed me to relax into my identity and realize I'm made this way and it's okay. Um, I grew up feeling like I was very different from my family members. Uh, We have three doctors um, for sisters and some business executives, my parents, and I'm an artist musician who loves to garden and revels in lengthy, intimate conversations with people. Now I know that A, those feelings are normal for a four. B, I really am different. C, my difficulty following through with mundane chores is because of my aversion to the mundane, not that I'm lazy. This helps me fight the tendency to procrastinate and to shame myself for not being more proactive. D, I've learned how much and why people see fours as melancholy. Knowing the amount makes me far more careful about what emotions I share and how often. And understanding that my ability to plumb the depths of certain emotions is unique to me actually makes it seem like a superpower. But... To whom much is given, much is required, so that means that I have a responsibility to keep that ability in check. It's powerful when needed, but can take me and others down with it when it is not. E, the fact that my number is prone to shame helps me to keep that in check. F, this is the last one. <laughs> learning about the orientation of time for all the numbers has brought so much perspective. I find myself using that piece of information nearly every day.
2: Uh, my name is bethany and i'm a four Um, i've often been told that i'm too passionate or too emotional and so i used to think that my constantly changing emotions and the degree to which i felt them were negative parts of my personality that i needed to fix but now i see that they are part of who i am and when i'm healthy they can be gifts to help others Uh, i rarely have an emotion that i don't feel strongly or deeply and so i'm familiar with that intensity but I know now that not everyone processes their feelings in the same way. And sometimes people don't know what to do when they have intense feelings, particularly those of grief or sadness. Uh, Those emotions don't make me uncomfortable and I'm learning that I can help when someone needs to feel those emotions or doesn't understand when their feelings seemingly come out of nowhere. I don't feel the need to fix the situation or make the person better, but I am able to sit with them and sometimes help them understand and process their feelings.
3: I'm a Reingart, I'm a four. And before starting this work with the anagram, I often spoke about myself and thought about myself—a sort of a Jekyll and Hyde person. <laughs> so, two very different parts. As I, of course, I loved more Doctor Jekyll, <laughs> but not so much Mrs. Hyde, and. Uh, recognizing that I'm a four and that these emotional ups and downs and being able to be outgoing and then not being able to be, to be outgoing and needing to withdraw and so, and so forth, that is just, what means just, it's, it's, it's a part of my personality. So I came up with a new picture and I'm thinking myself now as a phoenix, <laughs> a phoenix that just <laughs> needs to burn down sometimes and then it rises again. And this is so much more loving see myself in this way. This, this has been a great um, yeah, gift for me <laughs> during this journey. And um, a second thing, as Suzanne always says, you, you need your go-to stress number to really take care of yourself. And it's a two for the fourth. And um, when I'm in this burning down stadium, then I'm withdrawing very much. And um, this two perspective, looking outward, who needs something? Um, this is really helping, relieving, and mm, sometimes speeding up <laughs> that the <laughs> phoenix rises again. <laughs> sometimes. Thank you. My
4: name's Jennifer, and I'm a six. Um And first, I wanted to share that it took me a couple of years to figure out that I was a six, Um, and two of the big misconceptions that I think got in my way were um, I had over-identified the definition of a six being with worst-case scenario planning, which sounded to me like catastrophic planning, and I have a better understanding now that it can... um, that that worst case scenario could just be thinking of lots of options, some of which are bad and some of which are good, and that it could also be, you know, expecting a personal interaction to go poorly, that it doesn't need to be sort of a worldwide catastrophic planning. So that was a really helpful thing for me to understand. I was thinking of what things I've thought through in the last 12 weeks once I was able to identify that I'm a six. More specific to my observation. Um, Oh, in the past, doing that self observation was also confusing to me trying to identify whether um, I was thinking, feeling, or doing. And one of the things I've learned through this class is that because I'm in that 369 triangle that, that's a pretty normal thing for me to do, to be um, going back and forth between feeling and doing. Um, um, And then specific to to my observations and how I've changed um, in this 12 weeks, I used to think that all of my thoughts and feelings should be equally valid. And it was kind of confusing to me that some of them clearly seemed unreasonable. And some of them were so reasonable and that was hard for me. I felt that my reactions were the main things that I could control. Um, And I kind of would have a vague sense often of not doing things quite right. Um, And I didn't really know how to reconcile that with the intellectual knowledge that there are lots of things that I do well. Um, And all of that helped me identify how much anxiety is a part of my existence. And that was another hard thing for me to identify. Now that I have a better understanding of my anxiety and the forms it can take, um, that's been helpful it seems to take three main forms. Sometimes it can be free floating and even kind of aggressive. Um, and I used to feel like that meant I needed to figure out what was going on that was making me feel that way. Um, and I now recognize that sometimes I just feel anxious and it's, I don't need to hang it on anything. And that, that, that's something I can practice living with and practice letting it when it's, especially when it's free floating, letting it float on by. And I know it can take the form of cyclical or listing in my mind of worry and questions. Um, And I've learned to recognize that better. And I'm learning to stop doing that when I recognize that it's happening. I've learned that I can stop and considering what might happen with a a situation or decision after a few options. That just because I stopped thinking through before I thought through a thousand options, that doesn't mean I'm not prepared. That means I've that I'm being more productive in my considerations and that I can just wait for further information or for the next thing to happen. And that's really um, a much more peaceful way to live and probably more peaceful for my family. And another thing that's been a really big help, I used to think it was so helpful to prepare for a hard conversation by rehearsing all the possibilities in my head And now I recognize how much anxiety that creates in me and how unhelpful it is because then I would walk into a situation with a lot of um, negative energy that was based on my thoughts, not on the reality of the situation. So I'm learning um, how much better it is to be direct really quickly and not give myself the time to do that. And I'm experiencing a lot of freedom as I'm learning to limit that anxiety that I can create in my own head and how that helps me be more balanced and gives me a much more consistent access to my productive thinking. I used to think um, that it could be harmless to check with people a lot about a lot of things, but now I recognize um, that sometimes that limits uh, my ability to strengthen my own productive thinking And sometimes that checking with people, if it's about an emotional thing that I've kind of invented in my head, just reinforces that. So that's been a really helpful thing to learn um, to do much more judiciously. My name is Heather, and I'm a six.
5: Um, I'm also a phobic six. I used to think that fear would always control many aspects of my life but now I think because I'm more aware of that fear, I can use productive thinking, decrease the fear that I do feel. I also used to think that my viewpoint wasn't valuable or important. And uh, now I think that I do have something positive to contribute in the world. And the other thing I used to think was that I was responsible for other people and their feelings. And, the phrase that's really stuck with me throughout this time is um, finding out what's not mine to do. Um, so really latched onto that as something I think of often and, and stopped uh, taking responsibility for other people and their feelings.
6: My name is Mike and I'm a seven. Um, and I loved the Enneagram so much because it's given me language for so many things inside of me. Um, I used to, um, as I learned the enneagram, I used to think about the enneagram gave me like a language and a context around all the things I didn't really like about myself, all the things I really struggled with, and I and I felt like I had to kind of control that or manage that or repress that because these are the things that I just just didn't didn't really couldn't be with, and now I sit in the space of. Um, really embracing the best parts of me, which are those the seven aspects of who I am um, in a space of sobriety. And that there really can be freedom and structure. And there can be independence in that space of structure. Um, I also really felt like a lot of times in my life, um, it's a really lonely journey here on this planet. And I feel like now that I really understand that comment around, um, that um, this is independent work that we all have to do, but we only can do it together and how we do that together. Um, and I don't think I appreciated that um, at all um, for a really long time and until actually this last weekend.
7: My name is Marion, and I'm a, um, one of those female eights. Um, kind of true and, and to my number, I'm kind of to the point and very brief. Uh, I used to think I could, I could handle it all. And that was just that there were no other options. And now I realize that there is room for growth and it's welcomed and it's encouraged and I can do it and there's more and better. I just have to do the inner work for it. Learning more about the Enneagram has really helped me to emphasize, has emphasized and used my compassion muscle more. And I've also learned that unlike the golden rule, I've heard it said, and it's absolutely true. People don't want, you know, don't do unto others as an eight. So I've learned that I have to dial it back a little bit because my caring for other people is bigger than my personality, which is straight and direct and to the point. So I've learned to think about others with that compassion muscle. And I've learned to trust my gut, which is always helpful.
1: I am Stephanie and I am another female eight And I used to think that I needed to make myself smaller to make other people feel comfortable. Um, But now I know that if I can bring up that feeling center and really focus in on that, and um, instead of pushing my feelings aside and trying to pretend like I don't have them, um, if I can deal with them in real time and keep them from spilling out in inappropriate ways at inappropriate times, Um, that I don't actually have to uh, make myself smaller, that instead of making people feel uncomfortable and threatened, I can actually um, make people feel safe. I am Cheyenne and I am a third female eight. Um, I don't think anybody thought there were that many of us in the wild, but um, it was quite a gift to get to listen to and learn from two other ladies who, have had this journey. I used to think that self-focus was the same as being selfish. and now I think that working on peeling away what is not helpful allows me to stop focusing on myself. I once thought I was a six because I'm always planning, but now I know it is part of my control over the environment and my desire to have no surprises. I once thought I was strong, And now I know that real strength is sharing my
8: power. My name is Barrett and I am a nine. I used to think I handled disagreements better than I do. What I mean by that is that I used to, when it came to disagreements and conflicts, I would say they made me frustrated. Um, Not all the ones, but just the ones I really cared about. And what I know now is that they don't make me frustrated. They actually make me angry. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with using that language, anger. Um, and to me, that's important to realize that. Um, it's important for me to realize that, one, because I've self-reflected, is a situation making me angry that people are in conflict? Or is that, am I angry because I'm not able to communicate myself as well as are alike. And so that's helping me with my development and working with others in situations where I'm passionate about something and that something is causing conflict.
9: I'm Claire and I'm a nine. Um, I used to think that being flexible uh, with my schedule and time was a good thing. My mom used to always tell us, you know, it's good to be flexible. And um, it's a good thing to be laid back. Uh, now I've been more self aware that I do that. And I'm working on setting my own agenda and not letting others um, dictate my time and schedule. Um, I've learned that my presence does matter. Um, And it's important for me to speak up and give my opinion and not to be afraid of that. Let's see. I'm still working on addressing conflict because I don't like it. I'm a nine. I don't like conflict. And that's one thing the Enneagram has taught me or reinforced, that um, things I recognized. But I think it was Mike that said, now I've got the language for it. Um, I recognize that nines tend to procrastinate. Nines are doing things all day long, but it's not necessarily what needs to be done. We'll do all the little things first, and then the big thing we're dreading, you know, it will be 4.30, and we've got to do that big thing, and we've dreaded it all day. So I think just being self-aware and um, observing um, a lot of things we've talked about. I mean, I've got a long way to go. I'm a new Enneagram person. Um, it's... Um, As Suzanne said, it's going to be a lifelong journey, but I do think it has um, reinforced my nine ability to see both sides of everything, because now I've learned the characteristics of an eight, the characteristics of a four, the characteristics of a two, and I'm like, okay, well, that's just, you know, that's just the eight being productive. That's just the four, you know, being an individual. I have a four daughter that, you know, uh, the part about uh, not wanting to do the mundane things, you know, and I can hear myself saying, Courtney, every American in the state is making their bed, washing dishes, and that kind of thing. So let me look at my notes just to make sure I don't have uh, anything else. Um, uh, one is to... Uh, set boundaries and to set priorities. And I don't know if y'all remember, but I have, I mean, I don't even have a bucket list because I, you know, I just don't even know what I want to do. So, um, like I said, I've got a lot of work, um, but I like to um, keep learning and keep engaging with um, everyone else that's um, on this journey, Enneagram journey.
10: My name is Carmen and I'm a nine. And um, I have learned so much on this journey. Um, mostly, yeah, through self-observation, has, it's just been really key for me. Um, at the beginning, I I was pretty sure I was a nine, but there was, being in the anger triad was something that I just could not relate to. And so that's why I really wasn't sure if I belonged in that triad or not. And um, really through self-observing myself this last three months, I see or I've learnt that anger has different forms and it's not just rage coming out in a specific way. Um, so I have learned that uh, frustration or irritability is um, something the way that I have um, identified with the anger triad and Although that's a, it's been a very humbling process for me because I never thought of myself as like an angry person. I really have noticed that um, with, with certain triggers that I become irritable and then I'm passive aggressive. And that's been, uh, that's been uh, something that I really did not see in myself much before. So I'm grateful for learning that about myself because it will... Um, help me, yeah, learn how to handle things differently. Um, so that was a big learn for me. Um, and uh, the other, the other thing um, that I've learned on this journey is that I was often frustrated with myself for not having or voicing strong opinions during conversations, and uh, I often got down to myself and thought I was a weak person for not being vocal. And I, you know, I, I just, in my head, I just could really see every angle and um, had compassion for um, every side of the story. And so um, before I thought that was a weak quality or uh, something that was um, not desirable. And what I know now is that that is, that is a gift but that um, I do have work to do on um, having the courage to speak out um, and be brave to share what I think. So yeah, I think that those are the two things that I've learned the most in this journey.
11: Hi, uh, my name is Eve and I'm new on the Enneagram journey and I'm a nine. So before I started uh, with this group, I suppose I, I did not think too deeply or really at an emotional level about anything too much I focused on career security helping my family um, I could never answer those big questions people would ask you know what are your needs what are your desires what's your bucket list could never answer them but I always focused on others and was always ready to jump in so I now have what is mine to do is uh, up on the wall I also was never able to really find my voice uh, in a conflict or when I perceived that there was someone literally standing there with a pitchfork pointed at me, which doesn't take very much to feel that way. Um, And it's nice to know that I'm not alone in that uh, feeling that. Since doing this course, I am now uh, looking at life, uh, definitely with a set of Enneagram glasses on. And I feel it's a tool that can help me self-reflect and see what's inside and really want to try and make the best of my second half of life. And uh, just want to say thanks to everyone for being a safe space.
12: Well, I'm Teresa and I'm a one. Um, I used to think it was very embarrassing to be a one. I didn't like the perfectionist title. Uh, I didn't. I was embarrassed by the focus on the anger and criticality and the very dualistic kind of approach to life. Uh, But now I think there are some really positive things that I see and feel about my oneness, especially when I sort of shift the lens and start looking through uh, with self-compassion and with non-judgmental self-observation Um, I also now know that I didn't really think before and um, that was a a big learning for me through this course. Um, I have a better understanding of what it means to do productive um, thinking and especially non-dualistic thinking and about how important uh, acceptance of myself and of others is um, on the journey of transformation.
13: My name's Lisa and I'm a one and prior to doing this course with y'all I really was not in touch with my inner critic. I really didn't understand how much it ruled me and how just from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed I was criticizing myself, second-guessing myself, judging myself, um, berating myself, beating myself up. And getting in touch with that has been really freeing because I can recognize that that voice is not truthful and is not supportive and is not... um, An effective tool for for my life and I can dismiss it much easier than I could prior. I've also. Really been aware of bringing up productive thinking and how useful that is, and there are times when I forget to bring it up and then I realize wow. It would have been a really good idea to bring up that productive thinking in that situation. And so that is something that I'm going to continue to work on. I think one of the, the things that has helped me the most about being part of this group is having a new appreciation for all of the different numbers and realizing that we need everybody, you know, to have a full rich life. And having, um, you know, a good relationship with a number that maybe I thought I couldn't relate to as much, now I'm like, wow, you know, there's just a lot there in that person, and, you know, that person is like part of the heart triad and just has this huge heart, and you know, it's just kind of opened my eyes up to understanding um, people in a new way and giving a lot more people more of a chance than I probably would have. So thank you.
14: Uh, my name is Bonnie and I am a one. And I think the, first of all, I used to think I thinked, thought, um, and I I'm fully embrace now that I don't think I feel. And, and the thing I say the most in life is if my mouth isn't moving and, and I'm not saying anything, I'm probably not thinking, So those closest with me have permission to ask me questions to get me talking while we're working together on absolutely anything because then I I know that I'm actually thinking about what I might be doing or what we're planning. Um, So I really try to say I feel more and eliminate the word I think out of my vocabulary because that's more true to what is going on inside me. Um, I used to have this belief that I was weird and alone and there's something wrong with me because of the inner voice and then I came to believe that I needed to stop the inner voice and so I I engaged in this battle probably for way too long to try to turn it off and um, it's so freeing to actually stop that war with the inner voice and to just understand that it's not its not my partner, but it's not my enemy either. And it's so much more quiet when I'm not 100% engaging in a battle with it. Um, I used to think that everybody around me, when they didn't succeed at whatever they're doing, it was probably my fault. Even if I didn't have anything to do with whatever they were working on, somehow my influence caused their failure. Um, and I am now giving myself grace to understand that I don't have kind of power in the world, that actually other people could be just not succeeding on their own. And I'm not so much of an impact that I am causing them to not succeed as well. Um, I used to think that I would never be good enough. And I'm fully embracing that uh, as long as I follow my intuition and I'm authentic to who I really am, uh, I am every bit as good as I need to be.
15: I'm Laura, and I am a one on the Enneagram. I have been studying this for a while, and I wasn't really sure what all this group discussion would bring to me. Um, But I realized I used to have a lot of resentment Uh, towards other numbers, for not having expectations, for not having a critic in their head, (laughs) for not having all these things that really kind of negative. And I have found such beauty in all of the numbers. And that has helped me because I'm going to encounter all of the numbers on the Enneagram, everybody um, that I do encounter, well, I will just have a new perspective of that. And uh, it'll be open to my, it's opened my eyes to really recognize there's there's so much difference out there and it it's just very powerful. So my expectations have driven me for a long time. I always felt that my expectations were what kept me on the straight and narrow. I always felt that the inner critic was helping me to do better, be better, and not make mistakes. Um, Because, you know, without that stick in your head beating you up all the time, then you could just go rogue, right? (laughs) But the truth is, I have found I don't have to be anybody's perfect. And I'm learning to drop expectations. I'm embracing the motto that I will strive to do my best all the time. And what I actually end up producing or doing is good. It's good enough, even if it's not perfect. Because what is perfect, right? Where did I get that measuring stick? The critic in my head has steered me wrong for a long time, and I've given it too much power. And I'm so relieved to know that there are others in that battle with me that I can go to now. And we all have spouses probably and loved ones and family that suffer because of it. And so we can all apologize together and keep moving. I am, I, before this Enneagram, I thought that I was aggressive. I actually was really struggling with what my number was. I thought it was more aggressive and maybe I was an eight or a three and I'm so glad to know. I found that I actually moved to a seven in health, which is an aggressive number, and so I can often take charge and reframe and be fun, and um, and that's just a really great energy that I love to tap into now. And I, but I know I'm a one because I also um, I what I knew before the enneagram or what I thought before the enneagram was that when I lost control of my feelings, that I was destitute like it was just the worst place to be. And it turns out I have this beautiful energy of a four sometimes that I can move into and just embrace it. And I've gotten to witness that beauty in a lot of these individuals on here who contain those, those several numbers that I move to and go to. I am not good at thinking, um, but I'm gonna get better. And I love the fact that I am doing oriented, and of course, as everybody can tell, I'm very feeling oriented. And those two things, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them step aside sometimes, and 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 try to up level that thinking. But I think most of all, um, listening to Susan speak in to me each week, it was so personal, and it helped me to see that vulnerability. And the beauty that I can be something and somebody people want to go to, especially when they want it done right. Um, but most of all, just because I want to learn that, you know, or I have learned that others are doing it right also in their own way and in their own beauty.
16: My name is Carrie, and I'm a two. You knew I was a two coming into this. And it was funny last week when this was the question that we were told we were going to talk about this week. It starts out, I used to think and now I think. And I never ask myself questions that way. It's always, I used to feel and now I feel because everything goes right to my feeling center. So I kind of had to reframe a little bit. And, you know, what I think I discovered in that is that I have that my feelings. I used to think that my feelings were enough to support or to validate my decisions and should inform everybody else's decisions around me, whether they're big life decisions or little things, but that my feelings don't tell the whole story about where I am, what I believe, or why do the things I do or don't do the things that I do. And I've come to learn that I have to First, I shouldn't make big decisions when I'm just swimming in my feelings. I should maybe stop, take a step back, and have some thoughts about what's at stake um, and what are the decisions that I'm going to make. And it it saves me from going to the low side of my own number, saves me from going to my number and stress, and it saves me from being unkind to undeserving people because they, too, weren't swimming in my feelings. Right, recognizing I think throughout this that we all have these different centers that we start from and that um, right feelings and being in this heart triad and being so dependent on relationships. that to step back and take some self observation, I was able to see where maybe those first moments of being deep in my own feelings could damage some of either the relationships or the things that I wanted to do moving forward. So um, understanding where others are coming from, being able to step back out of my feelings and into a thinking or doing mode was helpful in trying to learn how to interact with other people and what those relationships are going to look like, um, right? And recognizing, I guess, that just because the depths of my feelings might be gut-wrenching in some cases that not everyone is there, um, that those have to be explored in in different sorts of ways. And that sometimes the feelings I'm feeling aren't my own. right? That I can be in the middle of gut-wrenching feelings that belong to somebody else. Um, So being able to step back out of that and say, oh, wait, think about this for a minute. Are those your feelings or somebody else's? And in my vocation as a pastor, I have the opportunity to walk a lot of journeys with people and have to really be able to differentiate their feelings from mine um, and and what that looks like. So this has been really helpful in hearing where all the numbers come from and how they work in relationships and and what that means for me and how I interact with other people. I've learned that I have to be intentional in not just caring and doing for others, but doing for myself. self-observation was real clear that the only thing missing from my to-do list was me, um, and I'm still working on it. Not very good at, like, today's my day off, but I'm going to work most of the day because I got stuff to do and things that I need to get done, um, but learning that that I have to be intentional to make sure that my needs are being met, too. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's not easy or obvious, um, but what I have learned is that in caring for myself, it it turns into caring for other people too. I've learned that I can easily identify my stress, um, but it's a lot harder to find myself in security. I certainly move to my force space a lot, but I don't ever identify it as that. So looking at that too. Um, Before, I used to think that relationships were, were my responsibility to maintain that the relationships I have in my personal life, in my work life, in my family, I always thought I'm only gonna get out of this what I put into it, but you know what? Relationships are between two people or more people than that. So um, realizing that it's not just the work that I put in but there has to be give and take in those relationships and that I have to give the reciprocating person the space to do that work. If I fill all the relationship space by doing and being and wanting to meet all their needs, it doesn't give the person on the other side of the relationship the space to give what they need to give and what I need to receive too. Um, and I think that, you know, the final thing is probably one of the first things when we started this, the MICA Center in, in Dallas, one of, one of the things I think that's one of their core beliefs, solitary work that cannot be done alone And I've certainly seen that come to being in spending 15 weeks with people I've never met before, but who I've learned a whole lot from in how we interact together, the lens with which we see the world, and um, the relationships that we cultivate through our numbers. So I've come to believe that that is probably one of the truest statements I've heard. Hi,
17: my name is Mia, and this has been my first real Enneagram work apart from watching memes on Pinterest (laughs) Um, I used to think that I just love people a lot and that my gifts and talents really just centered um, around relationships and that that made it easy for me to have good relationships and now I've learned how much I've been using relationships not people but relationships to plug a gap that I've been feeling my whole life so it's not a comfortable place to be um, but a hopeful place um, because I can see that the Enneagram will still offer me a lot of tools and the language um, to just explain a lot of this to me and um, throughout this, uh, the 15 weeks it really helped me to listen to the other twos and the ones and um, yes and all the other numbers, it's been really
18: helpful Hi I'm Hilda and I'm a two as well I used to think, um, and like Carrie, I don't often say I used to think. I I normally say I used to feel. I used to think um, that my pride and denying my own struggles um, and that what I'm going through is and that I have needs of my own um, is just unique to me and my family culture. But now I realize, and now I know, it is the passion of all twos, and I've come to learn that, um, and I can observe that non-judgmentally now, in myself, and strive for the for the humility, um, and to say it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to also have my own needs.
0: Fantastic. Where are we? At? I think I got it here. Yeah. I'm so grateful. There's a lot. of If you're not looking at the chat, a lot of support there. Thank you all for, for sharing that.